0: Bar of chocolate or two, so uh, I brought one along with me. Oh, so sorry. Sorry, I forgot to turn my phone off. Never mind. We're thinking about unexpected joy. Looks like there's going to be more than one unexpected thing happening today. This part of our service, I want to think about the kind of joy we feel after we've experienced shame and guilt, and I'm going to let you into a little secret one of my confessions. Um, When I was about four years old, we went strawberry picking with the family, um, because that's what passes for entertainment in Norfolk in the 1970s. And uh, we were picking up strawberries. My mum used to make strawberry jam by the bucketful, and that's what we were gathering for. And my sisters got quite peckish, and it was sort of five strawberries in the punnet, one in the mouth, five in the punnet, one in the mouth. Um, And I decided, for some reason, that I wouldn't eat any strawberries because I wanted to get home quickly and I knew my mum was tired and that we had a lot of strawberries to pick and we had to stay out there till it was all done. So I decided not to eat any strawberries, so I was feeling very virtuous. Um, But when we got home, I was really hungry. My sisters weren't, but I was really hungry. And so I decided that I would help myself to some chocolate. Now, in our house, in those days, you didn't go and help yourself to chocolate, And that was just a no-no. And it wasn't even my chocolate anyway. But everybody else in the family was in the kitchen. So I decided to just sneak into the dining room, eat some chocolate, sneak out. Nobody would know. So I did. Snuck into the the dining room, ate some chocolate, felt this was okay because I hadn't eaten strawberries. So that was all fine. And then on my way to go and wash my hands, I thought, oh, they are quite sticky. Even at four, I realized I did have sticky hands. Just needed to sneak to the... The bathroom, wash my hands, sneak back before anybody noticed me in the kitchen. So I managed to sneak through, wash my hands, came out. Anita, what are you doing? So I jumped and turned very slowly and tried to look innocent. Have you been stealing chocolate? No, I said. I couldn't understand. How did they guess? But anybody who knows me knows that if I eat chocolate, it's not just going to be on my hands. So I looked something like that and I was found out sent to my room told off for stealing and felt miserable. A few moments later my mum came up the stairs and she got me to say what I'd been doing wrong and why and I told the story about the strawberries which suddenly didn't sound very convincing. And she gave me a hug and said I forgive you. We had a lovely cuddle and then she said, come back downstairs, we're all playing a game. And so I went back downstairs and joined the family. And that simple example is just a little bit like the joy that we feel when we are forgiven, that joy after shame. And I want you to just think for a moment, is there a time in your life where you've done something wrong and you know the feeling, what it was like to be forgiven afterwards? So you're going to share it with somebody, so don't you know, think of what you're going to choose the other things you can talk to god about them later okay go and stand before the cross later but just something light-hearted okay just for this morning um so you're not going to have very long to share it you're going to have one minute to share it so with the person next to you so i want you just to think of something now a time when you did something wrong and then you were forgiven ready go all right time's up you've got it off your chest do you feel lighter already feel better Forgiven. Parents, did you learn anything you didn't know before? Well, hopefully, uh, there won't be too many sticky conversations around the table at lunchtime today. Mary Magdalene knew what it was to be forgiven on a much bigger scale than perhaps the things that we shared today. And it inspired her to wash Jesus' feet with perfume. And Jesus said, She who has been forgiven much loves much. And that's the kind of joy we're talking about today. Joy that's unexpected because it comes after shame. We're going to say sorry to God now as we think about things that we've done this week. Perhaps more recent things or perhaps just things that we carry in our lives as a whole.
1: Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, "'Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me, where have you put him, and I will find him?' Jesus said to her, "'Mary!' She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, "'Rabboni!' Which means teacher. Jesus said, "'Do you not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, "'I am returning to my Father and your Father.' To my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had seen these, said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. This
2: is the word of the Lord. So Mary Magdalene, deeply, deeply sad. She couldn't have been more sad because the one who had loved her so much had now died. And the disciples, they were so frightened. They couldn't have been more frightened. They were together in a room behind closed doors, all the doors locked because of fear of the Jews, the people who were coming to get them next, what they'd done to Jesus, they feared they would do to them. Sadness and fear, things that we all experience from time to time. They experienced, but Jesus changed everything. Let me tell you about a time that I experienced, not quite at that level, but some sadness and some fear. And it revolves around a time when I was uh, about 18 and not long past my driving test. And we were quite rich, actually, in those days, my family. And my dad had a fantastic sports car. I wonder if you can see, this isn't actually it, but it's a picture of a Triumph Spitfire. And he had that, it was an open-top It was a green one, actually. And he insured it for me to drive. Whoa! (laughs) Must have cost an absolute fortune. I had no idea at the time. You know when you're children, you don't realize how good your parents are? Anyway, remember that, children. They are much better than you think. (laughs) So he insured this car, and I took my friend out for the first time. I said, let's go for a run. My friend David, who later became my best man, and let's go for a run. So we, we went out in it, beautiful day, down to Conway. We lived in Colwyn Bay, which is about four miles away, and traveled down a familiar road. This road was so familiar because it was the road to the golf course, and I knew the golf course very well. We played there regularly together, a great links course with open, open fairways, lots of bunkers, and lots of great places. I thought, to drive a Triumph Spitfire. There's the golf course looking over Conway. Do you see how tempting it is? So in the car, it was late in the evening, nobody really around. I took the car onto the car park and down onto the links. Went down the first fairway. (laughs) Fantastic. We were shouting. We were waving our golf clubs. Had a wonderful time. And up the 18th and just before, this is absolutely true, Helen. She's looking at me in disbelief here. It's absolutely true. And as I went down the 18th fairway, just missed the bunker by the 18th green, I went down this huge walloping hole and after that, the car started to make a very strange sound. I'll give you a clue what that sound might have been. Because this is what came off the car. Exhausted, I was. No. And it was the sound it made, well, I don't know, it was a very rude sound. It sounded great before, but afterwards it sounded fantastic. Without the exhaust on it, it was a real racing car. And back I heard, ho- well, I started to drive home and I thought to myself, Oh no, what is my dad going to think? His lovely new sports car completely wrecked. I felt so, so sad that I'd done such a thing to something that he trusted me with. But I also felt quite fearful about what he might say and what the future lay for me. I experienced those emotions of fear and sorrow because of what I'd done. And when I got home, my dad must have heard the car coming up the road. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was at the drive to meet me. I got out of the car, and he looked at me, and he gave me one of those looks. <laughs> Joe, he said, what have you done? And I think I must have welled up with tears and he must have sensed how sorry I was and instead of shouting at me and telling me I will never gonna drive that car again he said Joe it's okay it's one of those things I think he was quite amused that his son had had such a lot of fun doing something with his car and you know when Jesus came to open his heart to Mary and show her that he was still alive. He must have had that look in his eye that helped her to see and that tone in his voice to help her to know that he was who he'd said he was going to be, the one who would die but then rise again from the dead. And her heart started to well up Yes, with tears, but also with joy in those tears. And when those disciples locked away for fear, and Jesus came among them, and he showed them his hands and his side, and he said to them, Peace be with you. Do not fear. It really is me. Do you remember those words? And John goes on, who was one of those disciples there, and he said... (laughs) the disciples were overwhelmed with joy. Joy coming out of fear. Joy coming out of sadness. And because Jesus had met with them. And it's been my experience over the years since I was a Christian, just before I did that with my dad's car, (laughs) that Jesus has met with me and has turned joy turns sorrow into joy has turned fear into joy because joy is not about happiness it's about hope joy doesn't come from happiness it comes from hope waitrose might say might talk about the joy of spring but we can talk about the joy of easter and it comes from hope because the resurrection of jesus changes everything and when we encounter the living Jesus today we find hope that our sins can be forgiven that our lives can become full of expectation that the best is yet to come but Jesus when he said he was the resurrection and the life really was telling the truth and that when we come to face our own death as we will all one day we can have that hope not fear that that will be the stepping stone the launch pad the beginning of a new life a life of which we've never can begin to imagine it's such a great blessing to celebrate easter because of all the fun and joy we can have but the blessing of easter is found in the hope that it brings not in the happiness that we feel. This experience of Jesus comes as we place our trust in him. As we believe in him. As we place ourselves in a place of we don't understand you lord. We don't know understand how you died and rose again. But we say, lord, I want to trust you. I want to say to you, I want to commit my life to following you because there is no one else who has died and risen again, no one who can transform sorrow and fear into joy. So if you'd like to respond to that call to place your trust in God, to say, I believe in the one who has died and rose again, We can do that in this next song. I believe in the resurrection, we say. I believe you died and rose again. I believe that you are with us now and alive in us. Let's stand together and sing.